This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart. I think you, um, you, I was just finished reading a great article that you wrote in 2016 that the Celtics shot too many threes and they shot 42 and that was seven years ago. We only shot five more tonight and they lost 121 to 114 and you blame the offense, but not the defense. So like, what's your fascination with too much threes for the last seven years? Well, it's seven years. 2016, it's 2023. I just read it. It was a great article. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, but it was like, are the Celtics settling for too many threes? You said that seven years ago. You're ahead of the curve. I am ahead of my <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the latest, and as Fitzy would say, greatest edition of Breaking Boston. That is Boston Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla, uh, apparently one of the more sensitive men on the planet because he's digging through uh, almost decade-old stories to defend his style of play, pushing back against criticisms about three-pointers and the way his team is built and plays basketball. And yes, it is still early in the season, but the Boston Celtics fell last night to the Philadelphia 76ers. Let me pull up the score. But your Celtics, who we wondered if they were going to lose any games and how how many wins they were going to pile up to start the year and how many times they were going to score 150 points, well... They've now lost two in a row. They will not go undefeated this season. They will not go without a losing streak this season because the Celtics fell 106-103 in Philadelphia. Kristaps Porzingis had 29 points, but it wasn't enough because he took the potential game-tying three in the final seconds, and he took a hellaciously bad shot. He talked post-game about actually altering his shot and treating it like a mid-range jumper or something. I don't know. It was just a terrible shot. Celtics lose. Celtics kind of faded in the second half. They were leading for much of the first half. Third quarter, Joel Embiid, your reigning uh, NBA MVP, took over. Not quite as impressive as the 29 he scored the other night in the third quarter, but I think he had at least 13 in the third quarter here. 
And Joel Embiid and the 76ers, Nick Nurse's team, rebuilt team. My takeaway on this, and Cooper Leonard, you can join in at any point because we're going to touch on uh, your little find there because I appreciate you bringing the Joe Missoula audio to the table because we're going to dig into that after we get to the game. But I thought this was a matchup of Philadelphia treated it as a measuring stick. Philadelphia treated it as a big game to the point where they were even playing loud music during the game on my TV set, which I didn't like. Um, but the 76ers, I think they have a little bee in their bonnet. I know, Coop, you like that phrase. Chip on their shoulder uh, after failing last postseason yet again and seeing their team altered significantly yet again. Doc Rivers out, as I mentioned, Nick Nurse in. Obviously, James Harden traded to the Clippers. Well, I think they feel like they're playing in the spotlight of the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. I know even Embiid had some comments about the the Bucks and Giannis and Dame and whoa, look at that. That's almost unbeatable. And I think there's some sarcasm there. I think they are um, playing up a little underdog card in Philly. So they've had their turn as the super team, a couple different versions of it. Now they're Embiid and friends, although I'll tell you, Tyrese Maxey, working his way into like a super team kind of player um, really coming on strong. But I do feel like the 76ers, you know, remember in Rocky, he didn't think it's an exhibition. He thinks it's a damn fight. I think this was a damn fight for Philly and Philly got the job done. Celtics didn't play well. My guy JB was bad for much of the night, although he did. Brown's dribbling. Hey, can we, we can talk about it all you want. People love please? to fixate it. I'm going to start talking about Jason Tatum every time he fails to show up and score points. Dude's supposed to be your leading scorer, and then there's too many of these games in big matchups and in the playoffs where he doesn't show up, but I'll save that for a different podcast. But like, can, can, like, can we just have like the stereotypical high school coach just be like, hey, kid, pull you aside, give him the basketball. This ball does not leave your hand. You're I'm dribbling it to sure. the grocery store. You're dribbling it to the car. Like Everything you do, you are dribbling a ball in your offhand. Like, please. Yeah, just it's not going to change. It's not going to. He dribbled basketballs underwater or whatever the hell he was doing that is time. Is it like arthritis? Is I, that is? It is who he is. Everybody's really got a hole in their game. Terrell Buckley once told me that he was short because if God gave him height, he would have been the perfect cornerback. And God doesn't do that. It's not fair. He doesn't make anybody perfect. And using Pedro, that theory, Pedro was a shorty. I mean, can you imagine if, him? If Jalen Brown had like Kyrie's handle, he might be the greatest basketball player ever. And he doesn't make anybody perfect. God gives everybody limitations. He gives them all challenges for Jalen Brown. The challenge is he can't always dribble the basketball overly well. He's given a, he's given a, a, a lot of challenges for me. Can you tell him to knock it off? Well, I feel like, like Jalen no. has less challenges. No, 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 no. I, I kind of want not, that a little bit. This, this podcast is not about ripping Jalen Brown. This podcast is about a, Praising the Philadelphia 76ers for, I think, trying to inject themselves into, whoa, the Eastern Conference is not just going to be Bucks celtics in the final. Like, there might be another team looking to make some noise here because, oh, by the way, the Bucks struggled out the gates. Now they're kind of solidifying things, although they still give up a lot of points. But it's the 76ers who sit atop your Eastern Conference standings at this very early point. And I think that's an interesting spot for... Joel Embiid, because a lot of us, I think, in Boston question Joel Embiid's intestinal fortitude or whatever you want to call it. Is he soft? Does he always skulk off the court in defeat in the postseason? Maybe there's a little different mentality there now for the 76ers and Tyrese Maxey and what they're trying to become as a basketball team. So I think this game, is it early? Absolutely. Does it have major significance? Absolutely not. The Celtics are on the road. I was looking at it. They're one of the, the few teams that is having sort of an early season road heavy schedule. Now they've lost two in a row 
on the road, both games, which, by the way, they could have won. It's not like they fell on their face and, and kicked it away. But you did lose two in a row, and I'm not sure anyone thought two weeks into the season here there would be a losing streak already for these Boston Celtics. So that would be now a good you, thing. Though, which one is more concerning? Because I think I yes, because I think the Timberwolves is a lot more concerning to me than the the Sixers. Like the Celtics kind of battled back a little bit at the end. They were able to kind of show that the Sixers are still themselves, where they're gonna throw up all over themselves at the end of the game. Whereas like the Timberwolves are a team that I I think every team in the league now has a guy where they can really ride them to the championship. But the Timberwolves are still not a team where they have multiple guys like the Celtics have, or the Sixers have, or even the Bucks have. So when the Celtics falter, and they did this last year, when they falter to a team like the Timberwolves, that's when I get concerned about where they'll end up in the playoffs because I think it's without a doubt this team is in the playoffs at the end of the season. It's just a matter of can they survive. Well, along those lines, I would say some of that is um, Jason Tatum, your leader. When does he show up? When does he really have the eye of the tiger? And when does he not? And I still think that's a question with him. I think that ebbs and flows. I don't think he's a guy that can manufacture the intensity 82 times a year. And most basketball players can't. It's a long season. It's it's tough to do that. So I think some of that is a tape. Now, I do need him to manufacture it every night in the postseason, which has also been questionable over his career. There's been too many no-shows there. But no, I, I think... I mean, I'm not really overly concerned with either of these losses. There's going to be a growth period here. Porzingis, are you a guy that's going to take shots to close out games? Because if you are, okay, this is a, a learning experience. Um, he missed some dunks in the game. Couple dunks, There was one hellacious dunk in the second half. I was like, yeah, but why, why are we missing dunks? I mean, you're you're like 7'4". Like, can we, can we hit our dunks? Um, but I think there's still going to be a growth period with role players. Um you know, you had Hauser hitting threes. I liked that last night. I think I actually feel much better about where Hauser is going for this year's team than what I saw with Al Horford fade down the stretch as sort of your corner three guy and inability to hit the threes when they needed him in the postseason. So I'm fine with this. My biggest concern is where you started this edition of Breaking Boston on November 9th, and that is the head basketball coach. Apparently, as Rich Keefe would say, using Bing to go back and find stories from seven years ago about Gary Washburn's uh, fascination with three-pointers. I I hate this. I could not hate this more. I said to you off air as we're preparing here, this is the version of a player searching for his name on Twitter, not just responding to tweets that come at him, but literally searching for what is being said about him out there. And Patriot players have done this in recent years. And There are a few things I find more embarrassing than that. And that right there, that video we started this podcast with, that audio you heard of Joe Mazzulla busting Gary Washburn's balls at a press conference, that's a key factor here too. If he chose to do this off to the side at shoot around, just, hey, come up with a, with the, you know, I was reading something funny from seven years ago and just did a one-on-one ball busting, I'd look at it differently. A press conference? After a loss, after two losses, you're trying to bring up issues with the media. Like, this is a bad look. It's a bad look after a second loss that we just said you shouldn't be concerned about. No. And I think everybody's biggest question about the Boston Celtics is Joe Missoula and how he handles this and leadership and how he coaches this team. And are the coaches in waiting named Sam Cassell and Charles Lee ready to take over? And do they need to take over? And, oh, by the way, 
there were questions yet again in the loss at Minnesota about timeouts. You were, my guy Jalen Brown, I think, was tweaking you. I mean, I didn't even know if we had timeouts, like basically putting it on the coach, like he should have called a timeout there instead of letting me dribble down and take the three. So Joe Missoula, this was neither the time nor the place, as they say, for this sort of an interaction. And this this sensitivity he has, and I know it's modern NBA and they're all sensitive and it's modern sports and everybody's sensitive. This is above and beyond sensitive. This is alarmingly sensitive for my purposes, for Joe Missoula to be doing this. And this is the first time this year that I thought legitimately he's not the guy for this team, that this was a step toward he's not the right guy for this veteran-laden, all-star-laden, championship-driven basketball team. And I may be wrong. I'm not saying fire him. We got enough firing talk over on the six rings feed with Bill Belichick and in season and all that crap. Everyone's getting fired in Boston right now. It's, it's not the most comfortable thing, but no one's getting fired. And certainly Jim Montgomery's not being fired. He's the greatest regular season coach in the history of uh, sport. How do you get that job? That's true. (laughs) Alex Cora's not getting fired. I mean, no, he could not have said more. That they need there. <laughs> I'll be back. I'm back. I'll be back. Don't yeah. you worry about it. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, you're back. We get it. You're back. You got big balls, buddy. Put them away. Um, just, did you know that he's back? He is back. And even yeah. his new boss told him he'll be back, even though I'm not sure he's actually his boss. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I think that might be a backdoor conversation. The old Patriots days where some people listened to Pete Carroll. Some people went up the back stairs to Bobby Greer and some went up to the ownership group and had their own conversations. So that's it. Again, another topic for a different day. Boston Celtics fall again. They are in third place in the Eastern Conference. If you check the standings today, and if you check the standings today, it's way too early. I don't know why you're checking the standings today, but they lose to the Philadelphia 76ers, 106-103. Jalen Brown did not play well until he actually played well at the end to give them a chance to win, where he bangs a three, then goes down and has a block to get the ball back. But Way Chris Porzingis misses the, misses the shot to end the game. Pay, uh, Celtics go home losers, and then you looked like a loser at the post-game press conference with Joe Missoula giving Gary Washburn a hard time about a story he wrote seven years ago about three-pointers. I'm just going to say, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Joe Missoula? You have a great basketball team. You have a basketball team that should compete for a trip to the NBA Finals. The media and bickering with the media about three-pointers should be beneath you, should not be on your plate. If you want to do it, do it off to the side. Don't do it at a press conference. But he did it. We're talking about it, and we're talking about the biggest story in Boston sports each and every weekday morning. This is Breaking Boston for November 9th, 2023 and go Dartmouth Indians because the high school playoffs roll on and I'm going to be there tonight in Milton. Let's go keep the momentum rolling.